hello, it's another episode of your favourite podcast, it's Talking Bollocks, hello, it's Howard H. Smith, alright, how are you, you doing alright, yeah, good, nice to have you back, singing acid rain, do this podcast, do comedy, all sorts of bits and pieces, just cutting short the bullshit to get straight to the Patreon stuff, yeah, I've done it loads of times, haven't I, you'd have probably signed up by now if you were gonna, so, you know, link in the description, do it or don't, whatever. One day, this podcast will stop, and it'll be your fault. <laughs> uh, I'm going to try guilt to try and get you to fucking sign up. What, what the hell? Why not? Um, anywho, welcome. Welcome, one. Welcome, all, to the latest episode of Talking Bollocks with me, your host, Howard H. Smith. All right? Yeah. Not bad. Not bad myself. All right, good. Glad, glad you're well. How's work? How's things going? How's your back? How's your back? Are you having a back, bit of back problem? Yeah. Lumber down the base of it. Yeah. Might be the car seat. Yeah. Have you got a new car recently? Have you changed any uh, changed any cushions recently? Anything like that? Maybe have you looked at your mattress? When's the last time you replaced your mattress? Yeah. Anyway, that's enough from <laughs> that's enough from the talking osteopath this week. But seriously, how are you? Have the spots gone? Has the rash gone? Has the aching stopped? Is it still sore? Have the pustules burst? <laughs> I've clearly lost the plot here. Anywho, nice to be here. Nice to talk to you. And next up is, as always, what has been happening in the world of metal since last we spoke? Well, quite a few things. Um, some of which seems to have disappeared into... Um, uh, history a little too quickly for my for my liking. Well, not for my liking, actually. That's that's a bit unfair. News keeps rolling. That's why it's called rolling news. But I wanted to go back to the beginning of the month because um, this happened just after my uh, after the last episode came out, and that was the um, collapse at the Illinois venue um, where Morbid Angel were playing. Um, and yeah, Morbid Angel has postponed his, its concert tonight. That was April the 1st in Julia, Illinois. One day after, one person was killed and at least 28 were injured, five of them severely when the roof of the venue the band played in Belvedere, Illinois, collapsed. On behalf of Morbid Angel, we want to first and foremost send our deepest and heartfelt condolences to the family and friends of the individual who tragically lost their life last night in the venue roof collapsed due to heavy winds from a tornado. We lost a brother in metal last night and many were hurt and injured in this tragedy. We would like to express how truly thankful we are for those in attendance, fans, venue staff, bands and crew that assisted with getting people out and to safety. We want to thank the first responders, fire, EMTs, police that were on the scene quickly and were able to help in getting people out of the venue and to hospitals and for treatment as quickly as possible. You are true heroes. At this time, our mind... Our minds continue to remain with all of those who were injured. And, um, yeah, what can I say? What can I say? Absolutely fucking gutting. Absolutely. And I, I can't imagine, I just cannot imagine what it must be like to be in that situation. It must be horrific. It really must. Um... I mean, I'm, I'm setting out to play some shows this weekend with Acid Rain and, uh, you know, just th the thought of something like that happening is just horrible. And how many gigs have you been to? 
How many gigs have you been to? Because I, you know, I've been to quite a fucking few and nothing like that has ever even been close to happening. Um, and, I, you know, I just wouldn't know where to start. The panic, the panic is, uh, yeah. I mean, I, it's just, it's not a place where you'd expect anything. I don't know. It's just, it fries my brain and I'm not doing a very good very good job of describing, describing, describing exactly how or why, but yeah, you know, you get, you get the picture. It's, um, mm, mad, fucking mad. Um, so let's go on to the next story. And the next story is, um, it's well, actually, I, and the reason why, yeah, it's, it's a follow-up basically. Um, and his pics from the scene. It's it's fucking horrific. Uh, I, yeah, this is not the um, this is not the uplifting, hilarious, pacey start to the podcast that uh, you may you may have wanted. Um, but yeah, just Belvedere Police uh, Chief Shane Woody described the scene when the police arrived as chaos, absolute chaos. When officers are first on the scene, when the fire department and first responders get here, they do their best they can do to control the chaos as much as possible. But ultimately, we go in and ultimately try and find people, save as many people as we possibly can and bring them to safety as best we can. I mean, fuck me. People like that, you know, first responders, ex it's just absolute. I'm going to say heroes because it's their job. Okay, now if you think I'm being a bit harsh, just back that truck up a little and have a listen. All right? Beep, beep, beep. Glad you've done that. So, um, when I do stand up, I'll often have people come up and say, oh, fucking hell, you must be mad doing that. I, I, you know, I, I, I think yeah, it's incredibly brave doing that. And I always say the same thing. It's not brave. It's my ego. It is how I get a rush. It's what I'm here to do. That's, you know that's it that's what I love doing um and I always say that you know firemen people you know that's that that's a real hero and then once I had a fireman come over and tell me how brave I was and I said that back to him and he, and, uh, and I went oh hang on hang on no it's not true is it and he was like shaking his head and I was like right go on then he goes nah you're absolutely right I'm not particularly brave, but the buzz of running into a burning building is what I live for. And yes, I obviously want to get people out alive and all the rest of it, but all I've ever wanted to do is be a fireman and run into burning buildings. <laughs> so that makes the buzz of doing stand-up look a little bit pedestrian, to say the least. Um, but to everybody who does these jobs, I'm not trying to make light of what they do or what you do if you do one of these jobs. But what I am saying is it's a calling. That's that's why we all get paid so badly. That's why artists get paid badly. That's why nurses get paid badly. That's why the fire department gets paid badly. That's why the police get paid badly. Because they know we all have to do this. We don't have a choice. We don't have a say. We have to do what we do. It is a calling. You cannot stop yourself. You have to do it. Therefore, if people know you're going to do it regardless, they'll try and get away with taking the piss and paying you as, le as little as possible. As all of the nurses in the UK NHS know. Sorry, this is a complete... I had no fucking idea I was going to be doing this, by the way. So anyway, <laughs> I came along with the uh, the roof collapse. Um, right, so, um, where now? Uh, next... <laughs> 
That's good. Richie, Richie, um, uh, oh, what's his name? Ah, oh, honestly, my fucking brain. Um, I'll tell you, actually. Richie Faulkner looks to uh, life after Jews Priest with elegant weapons. And I just thought, yeah, good idea, man. Good idea. Get a band lined up because ultimately, you know, priests aren't exactly in the first flushes of youth. They're not in the first part of their career. They're very, very much going to be, you know, not around for as long as he is. So, yeah, fair fucks to him. Um and I, you know, I'm, I, I was not really bothered about Priest, but when all that kicked off, it was like, oh, God. but that dude's fucking amazing. I mean, I've only seen Priest once uh, with him, but bloody hell, it was insane. Absolute best heavy metal fucking posing guitarist there is. Unbelievable posing, full on heavy metal moves. He has got the moves. Uh, he's just like absolute the man with the moves and there's nothing really more to say about that than yeah he is the man with the moves um kirk hammett master of puppets is my favorite metallica album yeah brilliant what a title eh? kirk hammett announces that his favorite metallica album is the same as everybody else's and also the last time he got four songwriting credits on a metallica album mm, i wonder if the two are linked <laughs> i just think it's brilliant yeah like like oh wow what what a rare pick wow that's a mate god who would have thought that no everybody was going with with master of puppets everybody is going with master of puppets he's also he's also defended his lux eterna guitar solo saying like it's what suits the song and to be fair yeah that's what it's all about suiting the song it's not a guitar clinic Martial amplification acquired by swedish speaker company zound industries the reason i mention this is that about a five minute walk from where I sit now at home, um, I can go to a spot on the high street, which is where Jim Marshall uh, sold his first ever amp. And um, I just thought it was kind of weird that here I was, yeah, Zound Industries. Here I am just a few miles away from there, but yeah, getting bought up. There it goes, it's gone. Bye. Speaking of which, um, had to buy a new microphone. Uh, my old Line 6 wireless has packed up. Done a great job, seven years, but, you know, it's died. So now I have a new Shure wireless mic. The Shure SM58, SM58 wireless. And it is absolutely fucking lovely. And if anybody listening from Shure, please... Give me some freebies. That's the only reason I've mentioned it. <laughs> Sorry, but it's got to be done, hasn't it? You know, I'm going to try and you know, just sell my ass while I can. Right, next up, Sharon Osborne. <sighs> Sharon Osborne says, Ozzy is back and feeling much better. Power Trip Festival appearance officially confirmed. This is the thing about Ozzy. I'm sick of fucking hearing about how Aussie is, how he's feeling, whether he's much better or what he's not, from fucking Sharon. I'm afraid, like, if he's feeling great, if he's much better, if he's confirming fact, then let's fucking hear it from him. Jesus Christ. It's like, I, I hate it. When and I'm, I am going to boil this down right due to the bare minimum, the, the absolute fucking bare bones of it, which is 
a couple. I fucking hate it when any couple has that dynamic where one seems to be speaking for the other. It just fucking irritates the living shit out of me. It really does. It's just, look, look that, is a, that is a fully grown human man. Let him speak for himself. Jesus. I mean, is anybody else thinking that when the inevitable does happen, it won't take Sharon as long as it has Wendy Dio to get a hologram touring around the fucking world? I mean, is that the way that we get the Aussie and Judas Priest tour? Is that how it happens? Yeah, we can't we can't have live Aussie, but we can have three D three D hologram Aussie. Speaking of which, as well, it's all very well me saying, "Well, let's hear from him." Isn't the Workaday advert? In case none of you've seen it, like Google it, Workaday advert. No, duck duck go it. Jesus Christ, hey, that's taking us back, isn't it? Back into the bowels of the podcast. But yes, um, uh, he's in a Workaday advert. Of course, Paul Stanley's in it. I mean, you know, there's some fucking money up for grabs for people in rock bands. Yeah. So literally the first band the advertising agency ring is Kiss. Simple as that. And Paul manages to get to the phone before Jean. It's just like a young one scenario. You know, they, they live in the same house. Paul runs down the stairs. Gene can't get off the fucking sofa because he's been fucking at a three-litre tub of ice cream all afternoon. It's all stuck in his beard and all the rest of it. He's crawling across the floor on all fours to try and get to the phone before before uh, Paul. Paul has jumped out the shower, run down in a skimpy negligee that he was wearing that he wears to bed. He's piling it down the stairs, runs into the front room. There's Gene on all fours, like some sort of weird, woolly, bass-playing dog on all fours, trying to get to the phone. Paul's running down the stairs in his negligee, gets to the phone first. Just as Gene is reaching up to grab it, Paul grabs it. Gene, instead of getting the phone, grabs Paul's junk under <laughs> through, through, through his negligee squeezes and Paul just goes yeah and then puts the phone down got the job didn't he hard luck Gene better luck next time and if you want to know where that came from I ain't got a fucking clue what's wrong with me anyway um now a positive wonderful story and interview um, I know it kind of went a little bit dark there in the, uh, uh, earlier, but this is what you've been waiting for. This is Dan. This is no longer Cancer Dan. It is Dan Cancer-Free James. Formerly, uh, well, not formerly, of Reanimator, of 13, and standing in for Mastiff on the Avatar tour on guitar. So... I saw this on Facebook, so pleased for him, so, so pleased for him. And I thought, we've got to, I've got to get him back on and, you know, let you all hear this. Um, for those of you who remember the episodes um, back when Dan was going through chemotherapy um, at the ripe old age of 26 for the second time, for those of you that aren't aware. Um, it's a, I go back and search those podcasts out. I had him on every month just for a few, you know, few minutes for a, a bit of a catch up and all the rest of it and see how he was doing. And I know a lot of you got engaged with him and he, he's going to address that in this in this interview as well. 
So you guys out there listening, sit back and listen to the inspiring story of my mate, Dan James. Here he is. Hello. Now then, you magnificent bastard. <laughs> now then, you magnificent bastard. And look at you repping your Mastiff shirt there, eh? Yeah, I thought I'd better re- represent. So, um, yeah, welcome back to the show. No longer Cancer Dan. Yeah, Cancer Free Dan. <laughs> yeah, awesome, man. That's um, that's brilliant. Are you are you are you clear? Do you are, do you still have the like annual visit back there or? No, um, they actually sand. They didn't tell me about it, but um, they sand me off, um, during COVID actually. And uh, oh right. Yeah, so um, they signed me off at the four-year point, which which I thought I'd have to do five years, but um, I, I rang him, and uh, and I was like, I'm I'm sure I'm doing an appointment with you, like I'm sure it's overdue. Yeah. He was like, Oh, we signed you off. I was like, Great, right. <laughs> thanks for telling me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah, um, yeah. So it'll be, I'll be six years in remission this May. Wow, that's amazing. But does that is it seriously that long since you were on the podcast then? Bloody hell. Crazy. That is that yeah, absolutely crazy. It seems like yesterday. Yeah. Um that's so weird. That's so yeah. weird. So how yeah. are you? What are you um what you know, what you work you're working still? Are you still at a job you can't too, talk too much about? Yeah, well, uh I've actually just I'm in the process of changing jobs. I handed my notice in on that one a couple of weeks ago, but I'm moving to a different one in a similar area that I can't really talk about too much. Um, Brilliant. Yeah, but no, I'm, yeah. Get my hopes up. Yeah. Yeah. He gives with one hand, he takes away with the other. Yeah, absolutely. That's just Um, how I've always done things. Fair enough. Fair (laughs) enough. No, I'm good. Good. Still working. Um, Yeah, all good. All good. Um, And what about, um, I mean, obviously we're going to get on to Mastiff, but what about um, playing in bands? Because like the the Mastiff thing was the first thing I saw. I hadn't hadn't seen, you know, any shots of you doing any gigs with anybody. Did this come out of the blue or were you, you know, have you been sort of dipping your toe in? Um, So... Um, with with my own band, uh, with thirteen, um, yeah. we we uh, we've kind of not really got off the ground since COVID. We played a couple of gigs last year, and then you know, I think one of the things, I mean, I think it happened to so many bands is like because we all stopped, and then we realised that we've actually got lives outside of doing music. Like, yes. who knew that there yeah. are actually other things going on <laughs> outside of doing bands? And yeah. so, there's, um, there's other ways of losing money. Yeah, exactly. Who knew it? Um, <laughs> and so uh, just those have kind of taken over and everything. We're still in regular contact and we're still talking about stuff. We've got a couple of gigs booked, um, one of which is supporting Mastiff in June. Um so I'm hoping that once we do those, we'll get back, get the ball back rolling. Um, yeah. Reanimator. Um, yeah, of, that seems to be on the snooze. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 don't, I, I don't know. I, I suppose I don't want to say too. I think it's more Kevin John's place to kind of talk about that. But it, I think that's that's um, indefinite hiatus is the phrase that they like to use in it. So Yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like, everyone kind of they got to the point where they was happy with it um they were i feel like um so if if they want to do some some, something with it in the future then that's for those guys to decide because they're the originals aren't they yeah um yeah and i'll wait for them to start that conversation if they ever do um 
Uh, Mastiff. Um, yeah, so what I've, happened I've, there? So I've known Jim from Mastiff for quite a few years from being in, he was obviously being in Mastiff for, for a while. And uh, me and my partner, we bought a house um, in December 21. And we moved right down the road from Jim, who's in Mastiff. So when I joined the gym, I was bumping into hey. Jim. Oh, uh, this, this, this is this is great work, mate. Thanks. You've yeah. really done your homework for this. The, the fun never starts. Um, <laughs> Literally. And so bumped into him there. And so I was training with him regularly. And then um, so their guitarist is a teacher, Phil. And they, they had the tour supporting Avatar booked i think during covid and obviously covid got got it cancelled a couple of times yeah. and so when they rebooked it um this they asked that um, mastiff to play it again and um but it wasn't over half term when the team so phil uh couldn't do it so jim said well, do you fancy it so yeah and that's pretty much how it went so that's yeah. awesome man that's know, awesome yeah yeah um it was one of if one of the best music experiences i've ever had I think yeah, alongside ever. recording with Colin Richardson, I think those two things are the two peaks, I think, for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, until you've experienced, like, proper touring, which is what you were doing, it's, um, yeah, it it's... You've had, you've had a taste of the life, though, haven't you? Is yeah, it kind yeah, of... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's the next point now, isn't it? It's like the cravings back. What do I do? Yeah, exactly that. Um, It's, like, I just came back and then I think I gave myself a day off from work and, and then just went straight back to it. Um, and like, I, I felt quite flat um, for maybe three or four weeks afterwards. Yeah. I, I, like, I think Jim in particular really struggled with it. Bless him. He, he, he really like did a number on him. Cause it was such a great, like great experience. Like even, yeah, nothing major went really wrong and even the things that kind of were a little bit of a hitch went major so it, it was just a, an amazing experience that we was we was all just a bit gutted for it to be finished with so oh, yeah that's brilliant mate that's brilliant yeah. but yeah you've got the you've got the um the tour blues you know it's yeah. um it takes time to decompress when you're in when you're like traveling all the time you're in a different city every day and then you come thundering back to normality it, it it's yeah it's it's bizarre it's quite a lot to kind of deal with kind of a lot yeah. to process yeah definitely it looks like you you guys have been really busy at it well we've we've chucked some shows in there yeah you know we've got three more this month um and um well i say this month don't know when this is coming out probably be quite soon so who knows but this month for the for the listener is april 2023 and if you're listening to this on a year in the future well, you definitely fucking missed it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's what we're doing. Uh, we're doing some gigs. We're doing some gigs. We're breaking in our new member. Um, uh, we're making him do things he's never done before. Um, and, and you're also making him learn songs he's never done before as well. Well, the thing is, the thing is, it, well, yeah, yeah. But basically we've corrupted him. I mean, yeah. you know, this is a this is a guy who is, uh, you know, he's a, he, he's an incredible, tell you what, I'll tell you this, and you can do, and then you know. He was at Berkeley Music College for five years. Dear me. So, right, we can move on. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he's not shit. No, no. <laughs> um, but, um, but like first gig, about halfway through the first song, his fucking guitar's gone, 
and all the rest of it. And it's like afterwards, he's like, I'm in fucking like my big guitar went and and like Cookie and Peter. Well, did you did you gaffer up your wireless unit to your strap? No. They said, well, that well, that's why then. He goes, well, I've never had to before. I said, we've never we've played thrash metal before. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And certainly, a... and certainly not in this band. And then it and then on this on this these dates, there's been a couple of gigs where he's just been out in the crowd. He was in the mm. pit in Newcastle on his guitar. So oh, you know, it, we've ruined him. We've ruined him for everyone else, <laughs> basically. He's now completely lost all semblance of professionalism. Yeah. And uh yeah, he's just a loose cannon. But yeah. that's that's what you gotta be in acid rain. They keep him hidden from the alumni records at Berkeley. That's it. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> sorry. Matt Smith, you say? Don't know no him. Record him no. in here. Which again, no. name Matt Smith, me, Howard Smith, no relation. He's also no relation to any famous Matt Smiths. Um, but anyway, fuck him, he's not here. This is this is you. This is you. Um so you said, you know, you were really down and hopefully you're out the other side of that. But yep. any, you know, is that what inspired the, oh, let's get 13 supporting Mastiff, you know? Um, no, I, th- I think one of the one of the great things about Mastiff is they, they're signed to E1 Entertainment. So, but they, they conduct themselves as though they're a brand new band still. They conduct themselves. Jim's uh, been doing music stuff for a very long time he was around when reanimator would like first blew up uh, right, back okay. in the day so he, he knows the guys quite well and so, yeah, so what you're saying is he's really old so my age <laughs> i was trying i was trying to be polite but um <laughs> yeah. oh don't, uh, well, don't fucking start now that'll confuse me <laughs> um but they, as i say they still conduct themselves like a new band and they still yeah. um they still appreciate bands that are a bit more under the radar. So um, they've they've had other underground bands from Hull on their gigs and everything. And so I think we was just the kind of next ones in line. And it was kind of a bit like, you played for us on this tour, do you fancy this gig and everything? So this it seems to me like it's a bit more of a big deal when Mastiff play at home right. because of because of the, the 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 heights that they're starting to reach. And so it was it was just a really good thing that they've asked us to support them as well. So. Yeah, it's brilliant. And and yeah. what kind of you know what you've had to learn a whole set. What kind of music is it? Hopefully, you fucking like it. Uh, I've I've been a huge fan of them ever since they started. I, I suppose. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um. I was buzzing when they asked me to asked me to do it. Um. I'd, how would you describe them? A bit more like grindcore, deathcore type stuff. Um, right. They, I went to see um, Volby in Leeds in january and napalm death opened up for him and napalm death very much had like the small stage there weren't any like fancy gear or anything like that just a bunch of guys in a bunch of band t-shirts making a load of noise and they loved every second of it and mastiff kind of reminds me of that a little bit but with a bit more of a modern edge you might say right okay cool yeah yeah they're worth they're they're really worth checking out and as i say that they seem to be going places and a really awesome down to earth set of guys as well. Well, we'll put all the we'll put all their various social media links and everything in, mm. um, you know, as links in the podcast. So go yeah. looking for them, listeners, uh, and viewers. Um, 
That's cool, man. And and so what was it? Was it a whole sort of like 12 song set or how long were you playing every night? Um, we was playing half an hour. We was the opening oh, band. Right. There so was, it's not a 12 um, song set then, I hope. No. Well, I think there was I think there was eight or nine songs because That's being that bad. type of music, most of the songs are like one and a half to three minutes long. Like the longest ones maybe four and a half minutes long. Um, oh, right. So you're one just, of those type, yeah, just yeah. smashing through it. Absolutely smashing through it. Um, um just opening every night, just giving everybody a bit of a pummeling. And then, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um, so yeah, learn all this stuff and everything. And uh, sorry, I'm, uh, I'm having to move around here. Um, because I've got to plug my laptop in, oh, um, or this is going to be a very short interview. So, um, <laughs> this was the one thing that I forgot to do and, um, it's caught me out. Typical. And um, now I've realised that the power supply isn't on either. Fucking hell, this is great, isn't it? Oh. Height of professionalism as always, but um, and I will, I'll, I'll leave all this in because yeah. it's um, it's it proof. makes you look more relatable. Uh, oh God, I don't think anything can do that, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, um, I, I think they would probably describe themselves as a hardcore band. Um, but oh, right, okay, you know, um, yeah, uh. Yeah, it's yeah. So there was us. Uh, there was Mastiff, um, Veil of Maya with a main support, and obviously supporting Avatar. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, and yeah, we did about eight or nine songs a night, and yeah, just smashed through them. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. smashed through them. It was great, and that's that's a great spot on the bill as well, and a great a great set length as well. Because like you said, you can just go on and you can give it fucking ten nil every night. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, and. We was we was really lucky in that we always had we it always worked out being a great crowd even being first band on um there the, was the the crowd was already packed out for 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 the most part already um That's I don't brilliant. think they sold out any of the shows but they seemed like they was close to it most nights um and yeah it was it was just awesome yeah it was <laughs> and like you say just going on like you say going on first band on just absolutely hammering it for half an hour and then we can yeah. just go and enjoy the rest of our evening as well and just watch watch the other bands and everything yeah well. yeah you, you're at a gig yeah you know yeah. And you're, you're the odd person tapping you on the shoulder saying you know oh really enjoyed your set doesn't hurt yeah. well I, I think that's the what what i found like it was which was a bit jarring for me is being like like i'm the kind of front man for for my own band with 13 um Nobody was interested in anybody else in Massive except Jim. <laughs> like right, we okay. stood there and they they were like, uh, all of us stood at the merch stall because we manned yeah. our own merch and everything as well, and yeah. which was really cool. But the people coming up to us just to Jim, going, "Oh my god, you guys, you you're amazing," then asking us to take photos of them <laughs> with Jim. <laughs> oh yeah. dear me! Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was yeah. Yeah. saying his absolutely privilege. sorry about that. <laughs> Yeah, but he's a he's to oh, be fair, dude. he's a fucking mint front man as well. And he's like he's got a presence because he's he's like quite a like a physically imposing dude. Um yeah. and just oh, he, you mean presence. you mean he cheats? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's not as short as fuck like uh <laughs> yeah, yeah. the rest of us. Um so yeah, he's he's just got a great presence, he's a great front man. He every night, like even if there was a bit where they, they was a bit unsure about us because the music is that ferocious and heavy um he won him over every night he's just so good yeah yeah i mean i look you know having a good front man is is an important 
Well, as Avatar will tell you. Are you going to get it, one? It's it's an important... Uh, no, mate, no. I'm I'm sticking with the job until someone fucking prize, it, fr- prize the microphone <laughs> from my cold, dead hand. Um, but very good. I like it. Keep me on my toes. You... Um, but... Uh, uh, that's I I mean yeah that that's that's how it is dude but it's like it makes me laugh when people say like um you know oh you know I saw the band walking around the crowd oh yeah that's really cool of them it's like no that's called an ego stroll they are walking around <laughs> yeah they're walking around for a tap on the shoulder yeah <laughs> really enjoyed that do you know what I mean mm. exactly and we made sure we bumped into as many people in the crowd as possible oh, like, yeah obviously oh, yeah yeah sorry I oh, didn't sorry. realize. I, did you, see, did, you you see ma- yeah. did you see me uh mastiff uh earlier <laughs> <laughs> brilliant yeah. Matt. brilliant so how long how long were you away for in, in total it was seven dates over eight nights so we did yeah um, that's proper that's, that's yeah proper um it it felt proper it felt like we was doing it properly um, yeah, you did a you did a you did a solid week you know yeah. and the thing is as well and you'll you'll know this I'm telling you what you already know but by the end of that week you're like can we do another 40 shows? Yeah. And and also it's like all of you are going, how fucking good are we every night now? It's like, I don't even, yeah, I used to look at you in that bit now. Don't even, you know, it's, it's everything is just clicks to an extent that it never has before. You get to a different level. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, we did. So we did the first three nights was Manchester Nottingham and then Glasgow and then we came home and had a day off and then we went back out again and we did uh, South no Wolverhampton, Bristol Southampton and then London uh, London was the O2 Kentish town which was oh, wow, lovely. amazing yeah, it was, yeah and it was like go- it's a gorgeous venue as well like it was I was like we were sound checking I was like I'm never going to do this again like so I was just I was ignoring everything else and just like just taking the the architecture in of it and yeah. everything, just because I'm never I was, I'm never going to see that, that that from that angle again. Um, well, it's funny you should say that because I've been to that venue um, and seen countless bands there, and um, I've never really taken in the, the the beauty of it. To me, it's always been just like because you, but you get in there and it's pitch black. Mm. So yeah. you just get in there, you're facing the stage, you watch, and and I I hadn't had that experience until just before COVID, um, the, the um, Bay Area Strikes Back tour, we, when Gene was still in Testament. So I went down there and spent spent the day, well, I spent most of the day down there, and um, and yeah, that was the first time I'd seen it. In the, I was like, oh my god, this is like beautiful. It's stunning. It's isn't absolutely it? stunning, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I've I've been to I must have been to twenty gigs there, and never even noticed. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's amazing. It's, that's yeah. cool, and they these are all the little bits and pieces as well, aren't they? These are all the little memories and the little things that that you get to do that are, um, that are, that feel like a privilege when you when you get into do it, you know, to uh, later on in your career. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and. Yeah, he's, I suppose I, I maybe appreciated it a bit more being a bit older, um, as well. Like, a, a, mm-hmm. um, just one of those things. Like, we've been, I've been, I'm 35 now. Um, no, 34. Oh, you poor bastard. Nearly 35. Oh, nearly I dead, know. essentially. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. um, not for well, like I, a try. Actually, I was, I was... <laughs> 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 nice. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, but, um, I've been doing like band stuff since I was like 
we first started playing together, me and our bassist, when we was 15. Um, so, in fact, 20 years of playing music in groups and stuff like that. And, yeah, um, yeah I don't know whether or not, I don't, it, it would have been a cool thing when I was like maybe 19 or 20, but like having done it for so long and now doing it, it just, oh, yeah. I, just I think I just appreciated yeah. it a bit more. Well, let's face it as well. At that age, there is an air, there is a bit of an air of entitlement about about us anyway. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I'm, I'm meant to be here. I'm meant to be doing this. This is what I am. You know, this, this is it. I'm rock star. I'm great. Yeah. You know, not speaking from personal experience, of course. Um, you know, and and yeah, but you're right. I mean, I'm I'm enjoying Acid Rain second time around way more mm. than the first. Way yeah. more. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah, it's definitely you 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 savor things. You know, not in a. I wonder if this is the last time I'll ever do this kind of way, but more in a just kind of like yeah, appreciative way. Yeah. Um. Well, funnily enough, like um, somebody filmed our um. Kentish town set and it's on YouTube and everything. Um but I, and I remember watching watching it from the stage as well Jim uh towards the end of the set and he just kind of he like he had a he had a like a whiskey in his hand and he just kind of stopped a minute and people had just kind of calmed down from like clapping and cheering and stuff. And you see like it's on the video and he's just going I'm sorry I'm just taking this in cuz we're, ne- we're never going to do this again. So it, it was quite it was like a it was quite a profound moment. Like, um, yeah, yeah, it really was. And the fact that he kind of acknowledged it on stage and, and I feel like that kind of brought people in a bit more as well. Just, um, Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. You, you, when you, when you share that kind of, um, moment, cause if you're having a moment and, and you know, rule number one, if you're having a moment, share it with the audience. Otherwise they wonder what the fuck's going on. Yeah. So, yeah. and you're right. Absolutely. That is a kind of like, Ah, oh, moment. Yeah, yeah Do you know yeah. what I mean. Even if yeah. someone, and the, the beauty of that as well is, even if someone's not enjoying your band, even if someone's going, oh, you know, fuck these guys, can't wait for the finish, and then even they're going to go, all right, fair enough, or or just good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> Never going to do this again. Good. Yeah. Didn't enjoy good. it when you did do it. <laughs> Didn't want you here in the first place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who the fuck are you again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, was there and were there any moments? Speaking of this kind of uh, moment, were there were there any times where you were kind of like, wow, you know, it's it, it, I guess, you know, you've you've been free six years, as we were saying. Do you ever have those moments still where you go, oh, you, you know what? I wouldn't have done this or that or these or if I hadn't got through what I've been through. Um, or, or do you or have you kind of left it in the bin and gone, do you know what? Balls to that. I don't know if I had any moments where I thought like I I don't think I had anything where I was where I was I was like oh I nearly didn't get to do this but there was it's what's the way to to kind of say it it's always there as like it's a good for me so it's a good thing for me if I'm ever not sure about something or if I'm ever ever kind of like feeling like stressed out about something or it's just it's a really good thing to go you've been through that shit like this is fuck all like and so um there was maybe a couple of times where like especially the first couple of nights and like like for me like playing um rock city in particular i remember one of the very first gigs i went to was uh, another great venue yeah um and i'd seen megadeth there and that was one of like the the formative gigs of my 
interesting music was seeing Megadeth at Rock City and so like I like we was like I'm playing fucking Rock City like and and so like there's there was a bit of nerves and everything and but then I was like fucking like I do I suppose going through all of that's given me a bit of a confidence to kind of go right you know I've been through this shit like way yeah. worse and even when um I feel like I kind of tried if there was if the other lads ever had any bit of nerves or something I'd be like nah we're gonna fucking smash this like yeah. Fucking let's, you know what I mean? And that confidence, I think, comes from uh, having gone through all of that. So I would say, like, it's, I, I, I watched a a podcast thing with um, Jocko Willink, and they was asking him about um, what it's like going to war and all, and all this stuff. And he always says, and he said a couple, a couple of times, he says the same thing as what people go through cancer. Like you wouldn't wish it on anybody, but sometimes, sometimes it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Like in yeah. terms of just. Well, what you get out of it and how it helps you through life from mm. that point. Yeah, absolutely. That absolutely that. Um, yeah. And, and so it's always, I, 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 it's, it's, it's like I've, I only went through it last week and then sometimes it's like I went through it 50 years ago so yeah um but it's it's always like a motivator and it's always a, rem- a good reminder um I've still got like the because when they do the the radiotherapy and stuff they tattoo you um with just like a single dot um to target where the radiotherapy is and I've not gotten that tattooed over so i see that like every day sort of thing um i've made a point of keeping that bit clear on my arm and everything so like yeah yeah, yeah that's that's really interesting um and i guess it's kind of like a you know people talk about survivor's guilt you know from large events or something terrible but it, it sounds like you've got a kind of a survivor's strength has, has sort of come out of this mm, i i had to go through the survivor's guilt like um Ah, that's like, interesting. Yeah, I definitely went through that. Um, I, I, I like I've known a couple of people who, um, were, like, like so. There was a friend of mine. I went, I went to his funeral about two months after I got the like. My hair hadn't even grown back. Like after I'd finished my chemo, I went to his funeral. He passed away, and then um, and you know other stories. There's been other people that I've kind of that I've known. Um, who I was quite sort of, who I had a lot of respect for, who have like passed away since, like of of like of cancer and everything, yeah. And definitely went through a massive survivor's guilt. Um, and yeah, definitely went through that. That's um, and and it, again, it's the human mind, though, isn't it? It's like you can't choose what you feel. You can't. Yeah. You've just you're just left with it, and you have mm. to figure out how to deal with it. Yeah, absolutely. And like even up until recently, like if I ever saw so there was um do you remember the TV series Spartacus? Um Yeah, kind of vaguely, yeah. So the guy who played Spartacus in the first series oh, of that, he died. He, yeah. And Lymphoma. Yeah. Yes, it I was. remember he was fucking amazing. He was Australian. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And wow. they put they put his documentary series on um Netflix for a bit. And I tried watching it one night and I think within about 20 seconds, I was just sobbing. Like, oh, like it mate. just, it just kicked me right in the bollocks sort of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, cancer free bollocks. Yeah. Cancer free bollocks. Um, but I'm not there anymore. Like it's, it's still, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, I'm not there anymore. I'm, yeah. 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 And, and <clears throat> excuse me, but I'd imagine it's like, 
that was just too much. It was just like, yeah, right, okay, don't need to go. Actually, don't need to watch this. Don't need to go back there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I think um, people like my my friends and my family and stuff are still really good. Like um, like if anything like that comes on and they're like, are you sure you're okay watching this? I'm like, I'm good now. Like I'm good. Yeah, that's um, that's nice though. That's yeah. nice. And and I can just imagine the first time that somebody made a joke at your expense or somebody like cracked a joke about cancer or something and then like realized you were in the room or something like that or just like had to test the water with you. That must have been interesting. It was um well <laughs> so I'm uh, laughing because he was smiling all the way through that yeah. and nodding. So I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> well, um I worked in a prison when I got, I, I think we would, we used to talk about it at the time. Um, I worked yeah. in a prison when I got diagnosed um, and prison staff have got possibly the most horrendous sense of humour <laughs> you yes. could ever imagine. Um, it's gallows humour, isn't it, really? Oh, yeah. Got to get um, through the day. Yeah, it's it's rotten gallows humour. It's gallows that are on fire <laughs> humour. <laughs> um, yeah. Get through the day, though. And so... There wasn't a point where people were nervous about making jokes about it. It was literally, I literally came in to the office because obviously at the time they knew I was taking a lot of time out to have loads of tests and scans and I didn't tell them what it was. And so when I eventually told them what it was, like, I think it was immediately, they were just ripping the shit out of me for it. Like there was, Brilliant. you know, the same way that you're like when you're playing football and you fumble the ball and go, ah, you fucking idiot. It was that yeah. type of thing. Like, ah, oh, yeah. Fucking idiot! Where are you getting cancer for you, and all this stuff? <laughs> so Brilliant. it was immediate, and that was the best thing that could have happened. Was yeah, straight away. Um, at the and same, is it the same. Is it the same afterwards? Because like you were saying, like you know, people are like, "Are you good with that?" It's like, it w was there a sort of moratorium amongst your mates or anything like that? Or did yeah, how did it work? Or did everybody just make jokes at your expense all the time? Yeah, it was constant. It was fucking constant. Um, to the <laughs> Um, to the point where I went back in when I'd been given the all clear. I went into work and I and I went to see everyone and I said, oh, everyone just wanted to kind of let you know I've got the all clear. And straight away, one of the prison staff went, for fuck's sake, Dan, I had my name on your boots. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, there was like, I was like coming into work like a little every so often when I was like, not, like just to kind of break it up. And I'd go and sit down and did like putting putting sticky notes on my on my on my backpack and stuff like that going I'll have that when he's gone and I'll uh, oh, and it man. was yeah so brilliant that was brilliant. The, it was but it was the best thing that could have happened um yeah. that type of humor just completely got me through it got my family through it as well um yeah especially like my dad uh, he he um like to the point where he's like I need to meet them all and he like he went went I bumped into a couple of them in town with my dad and stuff, and he made a point of shaking their hands and stuff, just saying thank you for being who you were through all of that. So yeah, yeah. now that's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. I still and, get ripped for it now. But... Well, that yeah, I bet, I bet that I, I, I yeah, stupid question to ask in the first place, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, it reminds me of when you say like that that type of humor. A friend of mine um, worked on oil rigs off the coast of Canada for five years, and. Um, uh, it was. He said it's exactly the same out there. You know, you're in a harsh environment, away from everyone, everything. It's and your job is fucking horrific. And um, first day there, they were like, you know, oh, what's your name, Jim? Right, okay. Um, you know, this is your bunk. Blah blah blah. Right, they're out working. 
And it's just small talk, trying to find out who he is about him his first day on the rig. Who? What football team do you support? Manchester United. Oh, right. And you're from there, are you? Yeah. All oh, right. From now on, you're called Leeds. <laughs> and, and they never called him Jim from that moment ever again. They just called him Leeds. On the rig, off the rig, in the street, Leeds. Brilliant. For five years. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Brilliant. But it's it, it it has to get you through. It has to get you through. And yeah. and um and the thing getting back to being on the road as well, you can end up having such a fucking laugh just trying to amuse yourselves because it it can get really fucking boring. Because you yeah. it's hurry up and wait is the name mm. of the game all the time. Mm. You know, when's loading? Uh three o'clock, you'll pile down there for three o'clock. When's our sound check? Uh quarter to six. Yep. And we're here for three o'clock. Because <laughs> well, in, yeah, we our loading was at one o'clock, and I didn't. I think, excuse Where me, was we that? did. We doing a everywhere. matinee every day. Every day was one o'clock. Oh, of course, yeah, right, okay. Um, so, so yeah, so, um, and I, I think we didn't end up sound checking while well, four or five o'clock most nights. Yeah. So yeah, like like you say, um, hurry up and wait. So yeah, that was yeah. that was the routine. Was loading, go and find a pub. Um and but again though um like Jim and the the drummer Shep are such a double act and like like it's a shame Phil like I was like I was covering for Phil the guitarist but when when they're all together like I was just in hysterics every day um just watching these guys they've all they've all been in the band for years they know each other so well and um. Yeah. Yeah, just hysterics. It was just, yeah. There was especially the first night we was driving back from Manchester, and um, I can't remember the last time I laughed that hard that I I wasn't making mm-hmm. any noise. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can't breathe. You can't get air in. You can't get air yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, and, man. Yeah, I've I've been out with them since, and Phil was, and Phil as well, just adds to it, and. Yeah, and it's not that um, the other lads are not funny as well. Like we all, all had a great laugh, but just them guys in particular, just absolutely hysterical. So funny. Uh, it sounds yeah. like you had a brilliant time, man. Yeah, it was. It was great. And when and I I remember the very last time we spoke on the podcast, and you were saying that you 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 were you were a bit disappointed. You tried to play guitar. You you know you felt like you'd lost your chops a bit. You tried to play along with Master of Puppets, and you. You basically couldn't. Um, I presume you've made a full recovery. Not quite. Um, really? I'm, yeah, I still wouldn't consider my, myself the guitar player I used to be. Um, Is that just in your head, though? Maybe I don't know. I think part, part of the reason I think like I think that is. Um, like even playing with thirteen and everything, and like we get we get to a point. Um, maybe two thirds of the way through a 13 set and my hands are just cramped, just absolutely cramped up. Um, right. So, I mean, I, I, I probably could spend more time practicing and, you know, I, I've never been one for warming up because like when 13 first started, if you ever went, went to a gig and there was a guitarist there warming up, you just thought it was a fucking knobhead, like <laughs> warming up. Who the fuck do you think you are? Like, uh, dude, dude, but, time, time's a million when you're a singer. 
Yeah. Hey, have you heard that? <laughs> you should hear me now, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so... like a choir. So I, yeah, <laughs> I, I know what you mean, but I tell you what, if you if you start warming up, yeah, it'll probably you'll, make a difference. You'll, you'll st- if you start warming up. The reason your hands are cramping is because you didn't warm up in the first place. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. literally, you know, you get that circulation flowing before the set and it will keep flowing all the way through it. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still not as, as precise as I used to be. Um, right. Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm, I'm better than I was. Like the, it's, it's definitely improved since the last time we spoke. Um, but yeah, still not a hundred percent compared to where I was. Yeah. But I mean, again, that could also partly just be because I'm not as active as I used to be as well. Like, like when, like before all of that, all of that stuff happened, like up from, from being 18 to 20, how was that? 25, 26 when I got diagnosed, it was just after my 26th birthday. So maybe stopped gigging when I was 25 and we were just gigged constantly because we were still that band where we thought we need to be gigging constantly to make sure somebody pays attention to us. So it was, it was constant. I didn't have uh, a partner or anything like that. So I had the pet, the spare time to devote to it and everything. So that probably all plays a factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Life gets in the way, mate. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. absolutely, Yeah. It's just one of those things, but, um, but you're happy with where you are. You're at the, the level that you're at. Yeah, um, I kind of feel like I'm like at one point, especially when reanimate when I was in reanimator and stuff, and like at one point I was kind of I was almost um, I don't want to say slagging myself out a little bit, like um, like <laughs> I was like so like I'd be playing reanimator, I had my own band, and then there was there was another band in Hull who asked me to do like a guitar solo for them. I think there was mm. another band who asked me to do a gig singing for them and stuff. So I was like getting about everywhere a bit. And um, and I kind of feel like I'm getting back to that a little bit as well. I, I like as much, it's good to have my own music as an outlet and everything. And, but then it's also good to kind of mix things up with other bands too. So I'm, I'm quite happy with it and I'll take all the opportunities that come my way really. So that was an advert from Dan there. Uh, in case you uh, missed it, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll um, we'll fill in for food. Yeah, <laughs> are, are you even just a pint, just a pint will do. I'm I'm quite cheap. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, and uh, and and speaking of which, so um, are you are you writing? Are you working on new thirteen material? Is that in the works? Yeah, I'm, um, sir. When the first lockdown kicked in and obviously wasn't going out anywhere, like saving a bit of money and everything. Um, so I spent a little bit of money just getting like a home, like a bedroom sort of recording sort of equipment together. Um, the the guy that we used to record our albums with, he, he kind of he emigrated to Canada and we're not like at a level where we could travel and stay out of town for long. Um and so then, but then I was like, I don't know who else in Hull we would even ask. So I was like, I'm going to try and teach myself how to record and write and stuff. So that's been my project for the past couple of years. Um, and I'm 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 far from an expert, and it's still just like bedroom equipment and stuff. So like I'm not yeah. I'm not. Um, but just the, that DIY thing again, I liked the idea of just being able to kind of write and release stuff whenever we whenever we're ready. So um, we've got plenty of songs that just need finalising. And then then I can chuck them out. So even if we're not gigging as much, we're doing other stuff. That's brilliant. That's yeah. brilliant. Because it's yeah. about time. I mean, how long is it since that last album now? 
2018 it was. Right, yeah. okay. We, we actually yeah, because yeah, it came out after the tour we did, didn't it? Yes. Because we did the tour in 2017 together and then, and then, yeah, your album came out the following year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, plenty of stuff kind of in the works. It just needs to be finalised, which I suppose is uh, it's one of my... I'm, I'm really good at starting projects. <laughs> Not so good at finishing them, but... Uh, I know what you mean, mate. I know what you mean. And, uh, and I've got a few friends who are uh, similar. And it's like uh, a mate of mine who would start filming and he would, he he's filmed God knows how many short films, but hates editing. Right. And, 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 and I was like, what you were, and it was like, just get a fucking editor, just get an editor, yeah. you know, that's, and that way all of this gets finished, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. And it is, it's, it, but it is, it's like, but of course that costs money. And you know, if it's not money, you need to try and find somebody. If you find somebody and they're willing to do you a favor, they're going to do you a favor in their spare time. And they, you want them to do it in the spare time because they're busy because they're good. So it's great, but they've offered to do it as a favor. So you can't bug them because you can't bug somebody who's offered to do you a favor. Can I, well, can you do that favor now then? Yeah. So then you're on some unknown fucking timeline, you know, and it's like, Oh, fucking hell. What do I do? It's like, now he's not finishing it. <laughs> You know, instead of me, it's even worse. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, maybe it's the 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 creatives case, maybe. Well, it is because we, I I think it's natural that you want to try and you want to try and have control over as much of it as possible because yeah. it's your creation. Mm. You know, and it's like you speak to any band about like the shittest things that have happened to them in, in their career. Obviously, apart from you know physical injury, deaths, etc. But like career wise. And they'll always be like, well, the time that, you know, the label put that out without telling us, or do you see the fucking album cover on that album? Do you see the artwork on that album cover? We didn't sign that off, or that was our concept, but look what happened to it. You know, everybody wants to be all over it. Yeah. Because it's deeply personal, because mm. it's, you know, it's a it's a little it's a little slice of you, each song. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and so yeah, we, we get a bit we get a bit leery, don't we? We get a bit yeah. hands on. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, so that's kind of the idea is, um, yeah, just to kind of start getting our our stuff out there again. Um, and yeah, just see what happens from there, really. That's awesome, man. That's yeah. awesome. Well, look, it's been it's been an absolute pleasure having you on again. Um, and um, uh, you just really glad. And I say on behalf of all of the listeners as well, um, welcome back. Don't leave us long next time. And just, yeah, thank you. you know, glad you're back healthy and um, and well. Yeah, thank you. And I, d I don't know whether or not I got a chance to say it before, but um, for anybody who was listening, H used to kind of pass me on messages and stuff from people who, were, who had listened and they were just always like so decent and like just lovely messages of support. So like if you have listened to any of these, I just I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. And I can't thank you enough as well for, for having me on these because it's just awesome to kind of chat to you um you're all right most of the time <laughs> <laughs> yeah just not when you're on the road um but uh I, look it's it's a pleasure having you on here and and you know what you you've reminded me about some of those messages as well and um and yes thank you to everybody who did either message me or message down direct um you're a decent lot it's nice to know you're out there absolutely um yeah thank you all and thank you as well my pleasure mate well, wasn't that just fucking awesome? Um, it was great having Dan on again. I'm sure you've enjoyed that. Um, I know I did. Going all over the place, some real, um, some real 
just positive vibes. I'm just, it was just such 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 fun, and I wouldn't normally do this, but I do urge you to watch the video um, because uh, Dan is looking very well, very healthy. Um, and uh, yeah, that's weird, isn't it? It make, makes it sound like I'm sort of showing him off like some sort of zoo animal. Uh, <laughs> it's just fucking awesome that he's made a full recovery uh, and that he's here and he's rocking. He's back in, back in metal. What more do you fucking want? It's awesome. It's awesome. And for all of you who got in touch, um, you know, when, when he really needed that help and that support, just thank you you know, on his behalf and on my behalf and, you know, just good on you for being really, really decent people. Um, you know, obviously the the listenership of this show is, 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 is wide and, you know, different countries and different kinds of people and all that. But you know what? One thing I'm going to go off, not, not on a tangent, but I, I think I need to say this. The one thing as a kid that I always, always wanted to, from my music I wanted to be in a band I wanted to be involved but I wanted to be involved in a way where people were always felt free to just get involved and just like no airs no graces be on the level that kind of that kind of sort of hardcore DIY ethic which I got through a lot of my you know tape trading and and early punk influences and really kind of shaped who I am and how I see the world, but also what I wanted to get out of music. And it was always to have ultimately a cool fan base, you know, I'm just, and I, I, I say fan base, never used, you know, follower based, <laughs> whatever, didn't exist back in the day. But you know what I mean? Basically just cool people, people that, you know, you'd want to go for a beer with. I completely understand when bands get huge and they are stood on stage and playing like, you know, these huge venues and looking at some some of the crowd and just thinking, yeah, I don't, I, I'm not, I'm not overjoyed that you're into my band. <laughs> it's, um, I know, I know, I know. It sounds like, you know, ridiculous, but when you start out, you just want, you know, you just want cool people to like your music and that's it. But ultimately where I'm going with this is that you just want, cool people to listen to what you do and to be engaged with what you do and do you know what you fucking are all of you every single bollocast listener that i have met um has been absolutely sound all of you every single one even the one who stopped me to tell me that um he listened a lot in <laughs> In lockdown doesn't listen anymore. I think I mentioned that last. But hey, that's like you know, I've I've been I've been an avid listener of some podcasts and don't listen to them anymore. Um, it's it's quite rare for a podcast to just be able to hold on to its listeners for an extended period of time because inevitably inevitably you get I don't know you get bored of the voice or whatever it is. So hopefully you know I'm mixing it up on this channel, which is enabling you to get you know, different bits of content, stuff about movies and all the rest of it. But you know what? The only reason I do it is because you're there in the first place. And that is fucking cool. Every single one of you is fucking cool. Obviously, every single one of you that signed up to Patreon, even cooler, but cool nonetheless. And if you fancy being cooler, patreon.com forward slash Howard H. Smith. Let's leave it there till next time. 
you cool bunch of motherfuckers. <laughs>